This podcast contains disturbing content not suitable for all listeners. Welcome back to Thoughts in Sound. Footsteps can be calming, intriguing, or sometimes scary. In this week's podcast, we will explore what the simple sound of walking can trigger in our minds. We will also revisit the old house we could hear about in our first episode, Birds. This house is a place with many memories and stories. I know that because I used to live there. And how can you be more related with nature than living in the middle of it? I have never broken a bone in my body. I have never fractured or pulled a muscle. When you are a kid, everyone seems to have that one memory when they badly hurt themselves. I also have one, but it didn't end up with a visit to the hospital, but instead a visit to the dentist. When I was younger, too young to remember my age, I went to the garden centre with my family, my brother, my grandma, my parents. It was supposed to be a calm family event, not a horrific experience, but that was soon to come. In this garden centre, there was a path that leads you into this forest-like greenery with large trees and singing birds. Adventuring over flowers and doing trapeze act on a log as I hold my father's hand. This small patch of greenery was like a whole new world for me. And my brother thought so as well. Now, I can't recall what age I was, but I know I was young enough that I looked up to my brother and with blind trust followed and copied all of his actions. He would lead me like I was a soldier in his command. I now ponder whether he liked that power and deliberately messed around with me in an experiment to see my loyalty. Nevertheless, I did whatever he said and I viewed all his actions with big wide eyes in amazement. After being pulled through stinging nettles and having my little pink boots dirtier than it had to be, we got to the end of the path. And at the end was a concrete hill that led to a car park. This hill was large and it was steep. There, 
is when my brother thought it would be the ingenious idea to run down this concrete hill. What a great idea. I followed and I ran, leaving my guardians to watch at the top of the hill. And being small and being weak, my running turned into falling. Falling into the end of this hill where there was an edge of a concrete pavement. I remembered it like it was in slow motion. Looking at this edge as I fell and screamed for help. Not knowing I was going to bulldozer down this dreaded hill. I did not know how to stop myself. I do know that you had to put your hands out when you fall. My teeth hit the pavement. My parents could remember this day vividly as their small child went face first onto the ground. There was blood everywhere. So much that I choked through all my shirt and through my mother's. For years, I had two halved front teeth. All because... I ran down this hill. The only good was having the cracks of my top and bottom teeth was that when I smiled, it looked like a shape of a heart. But I have learnt my lesson and ever since I have always put my hands down first if I ever ended up falling down the large hill. Molly and Frida was finally old enough to have a sleepover alone in Molly's old country house. Molly's parents dropped them off in the sunny May afternoon and said that they would be back on Saturday. They had arranged a sleepover with some friends so the two girls would have the house for themselves. This was the first time Frida visited the country house and the two girls were more than excited. They packed the stuff in her house as her parents drove off. As soon as the groceries were in the fridge, they went out to have a smoke. Thrilled to not have to smoke in secret for two days, they sat on the porch and puffed. Frida announced proudly that she managed to steal some beer from her parents and ran back inside to get them one each. This was truly the dream for two teenagers. As they sat on the porch enjoying the sun, drinking beer that none of them really liked yet, Molly told Frida about how old the house was. Almost 200 years old. 
And just around the corner of the house was a paddock with a horse they called Star, because he had a white star in his forehead. On the other side were the sheep, mostly scared, but if you brought them food, kind of nice. She also told her that when she was younger, she used to play on the dark and dusty garret. But not in all of it. On the garret was a room, at the other end of the stair in the corner of the house. This room looked nothing like the rest of the garret. It was light and painted. On the walls were old wallpaper, and the room was decorated with a white nightstand and a bed. This didn't sound too weird, Frida said, but Molly continued. Her family didn't know where these things came from. All of it was there when they moved in and they had never used the room. When Frida asked why, Molly just answered, something isn't right. The day went by with beer, microwaved food and laughter. They spent the evening in the garden playing games. When the sun went down by midnight, the two girls crawled down into their beds to sleep. Only a couple of minutes had passed after turning off the light when they heard muffled sounds of footsteps coming from the garret. The light went on again and the two girls looked at each other. After a couple of minutes, they decided that they must have misheard and went back to sleep. But the footsteps came back. This time, louder and right above their head. It was now clear. Someone was walking up there. With more curiosity than fear, they decided to go up and see what it was. None of them were afraid of rats, and perhaps an animal had gotten in. Or... And this was probably the main reason they went up. Maybe it was a ghost. Up they went, along the old stairs. The garret didn't have any light, so they brought two flashlights. The dust flew around as they walked through the stuff up there. The garret was cramped and smelled old. The house was silent now and they hesitated as they stood in front of the closed white door, listening careful for animal sounds or something else. Frida took the doorknob and slowly opened the door. It was dark inside and empty. Two steps into the small room. It looked just like Molly had said. Molly's flashlight lit up the nightstand and she whispered to Frida, Look, a photograph. Carefully she took it and they both looked at the old yellow photo. It was a girl, about their age, smiling with long blonde hair and white clothes. The photo looked like something you could find on a museum. Molly said that she never had seen it before. They moved around the flashlights in the room to see if they could find something more and discovered that the bed was made. Frida asked if they always left the bed made and Molly responded, visibly more scared. 
No, never. On the bed was also a teddy bear, an old, worn-out teddy bear. Molly said, now, with panic in her voice, they should probably leave when they heard another sound. This time from inside the room. The sound of a creaking rope in the ceiling. This was enough for the two girls to fly out of the room and run out in the garden. Molly took out her phone and called her parents to come and get them. Frida was crying. As they stood in the garden waiting for their parents, they happened to look up at the window on the garret. And what they saw there was well enough for them to leave the garden and run along the road until they saw the car coming. The room was not in darkness anymore. On the nightstand was a candle burning, and behind the candle was a body, dressed in white clothes, hanging from the ceiling. Balancing carefully, poised to fall. Moving onwards, forwards, essentially. Things drift past. Ways, other roads, different eventualities. Expansive wastes until the horizon. Clock-like shudders count with purpose. The path. Footstep metronome. Knolls, twists, and bits in the way, blocking the path, tempting a fall, stumbling, never certain, leaping, darting eyes in front. The gate stops the charge. After a blinding journey, with nothing behind, it's a sudden end.